Welcome to MCU Complete Me, the show where we talk about all the Marvel films and decide if they're good or if they're great. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me as always is Luke. You had me at hey, and Crystal, you just gave the intro to the show, and I think you yourself just settled an argument we've been having. What do you mean? Well, you want, why don't you say the intro to the show again? Just, just say what you said again. Uh, hey, welcome to MCU Complete Me, the show where we talking about all the Marvel movies aside if they're good or great. Ah, uh, that right there. Movies. Films. What? You keep trying to tell me we have to watch the Disney Plus TV shows, but right there, you just said it's about films. Yeah, those are like Twin Peaks. They're, you know, six-hour films. <laughs> we have a special guest today. It's Ashley. Hello. One of the biggest fans of the McCuckum. <laughs> I really like McCuckums. Uh, you can't put an S at the end of it. It's bad enough without it. Well, an episode of MCU Complete Me is McCuckums. Tips my hat, McCuckums. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited, uh, and I was really happy to watch a the, the 2019 movie about Captain Marvel Shazam. Kind of outside the Marvel purview, but I think we'll have a fun time. Yeah, I had a really good time with Shazam. It's like one of the best Christmas movies for me, honestly. It's it's a fun little movie. I, I like it more than I like a lot of other, you know, superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one's uh, set in Philadelphia. It's about like a little like uh, orphan kid. Who, if he finds a, a new family who loves him. Yeah. Ashley, have you seen all the other Marvel films? Uh, so I have seen a good number of them. I recently, I have been become addicted to Letterboxd, the website where you rank films. And I just went through all the Marvel ones and marked off all the ones I had seen. And for a period of time, I, uh, when movie theaters existed, uh, I would always go, like, whenever my friends went as a group to the movie theater and we hung out, it would usually be the Marvel movie of that year, or the two Marvel movies of that year, just because mostly everyone liked them, and then I was the bummer of the group. Right, right. But, you know, it's still hanging out with my friends. Yeah. You might say the Marvel movies are perfectly engineered to be appealing to a large group of people that no one can really object to. Yes. You might say that, and that's why I'm here, to object to them. (laughs) Uh, Ashley, would you care to go down the spreadsheet and give me your score for every Marvel film you've seen? Um, yeah, I don't have the uh, spreadsheet in front of me. That's fine, I think Ashley prefers for guests not to look at it, so that they're not influenced. Oh, yes. Uh, Did I say Ashley? I meant Crystal. Yes, you did say Ashley. Um, Yeah, I I can't tell the two of you apart. One of you might be shapeshifting. I don't know, that was a (laughs) half-assed... 
I misspoke, and then I remembered that this movie's partially about mistaking people for other people, and I thought I could do a fun bit to cover up my mistake, but it wasn't that funny, and then me explaining it this way has made it even less funny, and uh, that's where I am right now. All right. Good job, Luke. Thanks. Um, Iron Man. Iron Man, uh, I'll, I'll give that like a B minus, maybe C plus. Okay. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, that one I'll give like a, a C minus. Uh, Iron Man 2. I'll put that at C. Uh, Thor. B. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. I'll, I'll give Captain America, first Avenger a B. B. Uh, the Avengers. Uh, B, B, yeah. <laughs> Straight Bs. Uh, Iron Man 3. D plus. Like the Disney service. <laughs> wow. Lowest score so far. Uh, Thor the Dark World. D minus. <laughs> oh, wow, jeez. I mean, it's a visually fine film, but... <laughs> <laughs> It is. It, it is, though. No, it's not. I, I mean, compared to some of these recent ones, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. That was one that I I have revisited since listening to uh, the McCuckum eps about it. And I think a bit about it differently. I, I think it's kind of impossible to not think about it differently just with the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put that like at a C minus. Okay, but have you considered the fact that Hydra did 9-11? God, yeah, Hydra did 9-11. <laughs> did they say that? It, there is like a shot of the Twin Towers in the big super fast montage of Zemo is talking about how Hydra's manipulated all world events since World War II. I, yeah, I was going to say that I like the... Is I think there is. Now you got me second-guessing myself. I like some of the fight scenes, but also I've become such a fight scene snob recently that, like, uh-huh. I could go, like, well, I could just go to the Masters for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Such great fights. There is not a single backwards man in The Winter Soldier. <laughs> Just backwards thinking, man. Yeah. Ah, uh, hey. Chris uh, Nolan should direct a Marvel film. I I think he's got like a Warner Brothers tattoo on his dick at this point. I don't know if he's allowed. Yeah, the Warner Brothers, he is like, Warner Brothers is one of the only studios that still does like, oh, these are our directors. And they're, they're stableless like fucking Christopher Nolan, Zack Snyder, and uh, the fucking Joker guy. All right, so in a few years when Disney buys Warner Brothers, he should do a Marvel film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I'll put that at B-. minus. Avengers Age of Ultron. D. D as in dog. His name is not Zemos, it's Zola. I'm watching that scene in The Winter Soldier now to try to confirm whether they explicitly imply that 9-11 is Hydra's fault, or if that's just what the conclusion I drew. Um, and I'll say, Avengers of Age of Ultron is the last movie that I watched with that group of friends, because then I moved. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So after this, it's going to be a lot of non-applicable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ant-Man. Have not seen it. Okay. Uh, Captain America Civil War. Have not seen it. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Have not seen it. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Have not seen it. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Thor Ragnarok. B. Black Panther. A-. minus. Avengers Infinity War. Have not seen it. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Have not seen it. 
Avengers Endgame. Have not seen it and have not seen Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> uh, Venom. Uh, I, I am the Venom hater in our friend group. I, I will give that movie a D minus. Oh, a D minus for Venom. I just want to clarify, Zola does not explicitly show footage of 9-11, <laughs> which in retrospect, of course he doesn't. It's a fun action movie. But what he does say is that Hydra has been working to make the world so chaotic that humans freely give up their freedom with obvious, like... Winks. Nods towards, like, Patriot Act shit. So it's still Hydra did 9-11. They just don't say that. I love in the 1930s when people had so much freedom. Right. Uh, the last film we have spoken of, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's Universe. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I, if, if we are doing, like, if this is, we've, you guys have often used, like, the, you know, what do you take this movie, like, make it repeat a grade for venom i would like that's like a group project and i take aside tom hardy and go listen i'm giving you an a you i can see that you worked really hard (laughs) that's reasonable i thought you were gonna say that uh you're actually gonna give uh spider-man an f just so you get to have them in your class again next year because they're so delightful no I'm just saying that I like Tom Hardy and Venom. I just think that yes. I don't like him as much as some other people do to make me, like, to carry that movie. As Doesn't well. cancel out the fact that the rest of that movie is maybe not the most memorable. Because to me, if anything, Venom has only gotten better with time because I have forgotten every scene that did not involve Tom Hardy being a lunatic. <laughs> he does get in that lobster cave. <laughs> he climbs right in that lobster aquarium. He eats the chicken nugget and the tater tot. Ashley, do you have any, uh... Without giving a grade, do you have any broad, like, what's your history and connection to 2019's Shazam? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know, I kind of skipped out on it just because all the DC movies at the time were so dire. God damn it. And uh, I ended up watching it, like, on a stream later, and I ended up, like, actually really liking it. Uh, Luke, what uh, what about you? How do you feel about Shazam? Uh, well, I pretty much just... I saw Man of Steel in theaters when it was new because I like Superman, and uh, that movie was such dog shit that I had not watched any DC movies since then, even the ones people said were good, like Wonder Woman. Um, But... Uh, my girlfriend, who at the time was my long-distance girlfriend, uh, had flown in to visit, and we had gotten a hotel room, but her flight came in super early, and the hotel wouldn't let us check in until later on in the morning, and we weren't really sure what to do. Like, we went to breakfast, and that ate up some time, uh, and then we are just like, well, we could, I don't know, uh, here's a movie theater that's opened this early. Do you want to see anything? I, I guess we can see Shazam? Sure. And, uh... I thought it was it was better than I thought it would be. I feel no like impulse to go rewatch it or anything. I don't think I love it the way a lot of people do, but I had a perfectly fun time watching that movie when I had literally nothing better to do with my morning. I'm a Shazam defender. Shazam really grabbed me. That's a that's a good fucking flick. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of go uh, beat by beat through it? We need to talk about Captain Marvel. <laughs> Wait, what movie did you watch? <laughs> I watched Marvel's 2019 film, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson. Wait, they made a film called Captain Marvel? They, they, they named the film Marvel Studios as Captain Marvel? That's yeah. so stupid, Luke. I don't believe you. Well, check your Disney Plus, because it's there. Okay, we didn't watch Shazam, we watched Captain Marvel. I just wanted to stretch the bit as long as possible. <laughs> I, when I, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this bit. And then I was, like, worried, like, what if everyone else is going to do this bit? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, we should have just watched Shazam and talked about Shazam and pretended like we covered Captain Marvel. Yes, yeah, Shazam's a way better in the movie than Captain Marvel. I would agree with that, yeah. I I think I am going to end up being the one who likes this movie the most out of us. I'll say I liked it more than I was expecting to. I still don't know if I... I was just kind of shrug about it, I think. Yeah, like, when I say that, like, I like this movie more than I think, it's like, oh, yeah, like, that's like a perfectly fine movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll say they made a bold move on this one. Usually, they have a pretty good setup and, like, good character stuff for the first hour, and then that all just devolves into two long fight scenes and boring bullshit I don't care about. They kind of flipped it on this one. It's the first hour of this movie that sucks and is super boring and too long, and then the second hour is pretty okay. That's, the second hour has some real bad shit in it, though. I, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying it's pretty okay. This movie has kind of developed a reputation as being a, a hash Hashtag girl boss Air Force commercial, which I think is very true of the text around this film, but isn't really that much in the film as I remembered. I would say uh, th- there's definitely a couple shots that literally look like a commercial for the Air Force early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I would say that if the goal was to make pro-U.S. military propaganda, they fucked that up just as bad as they fuck up the goal of telling a good story in every other movie. Yeah, like, I, it is not, like, as much Air Force propaganda as, like, Top Gun is, or... Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It also kind of feels like, for all the money, for all the money this movie made, it didn't really stick around in the public consciousness that much. No, I feel like everybody, I, I feel like the reaction to it was, A, no one fucking cares, just give us Endgame, and B, I'm not watching that beta cuck SJW movie about feminism. Yeah, like, I, I feel like the criticism around this movie was, all, like, very fraught out of the gate, because you got all of the Air Force stuff, and then you've got, yeah, beta cuck SJW movie, unlike the real cool, like, feminist movie Alita Battle Angel. Well, now, hold on. I'm not going to sit here while you shit on Alita Battle I'm Angel. I'm not saying, but, like, that was the, like, that was, like, what people were saying. It's like, like, oh, like, you know, that's a, f- like, fake feminist movie, unlike Alita Battle Angel. Like, see, I'm actually okay. woke, even though I obviously hate women. I would say Alita Battle Angel is a much better movie, but also is about the same as far as that goes. <laughs> I don't really understand why that's the line being drawn. I don't know either. I'm just saying that, like, it made criticizing this movie out of the gate very weird. (laughs) In the same way that, like, criticizing something like The Last Jedi or... (laughs) I gotta be so fucking mad if they don't make an Alita Battle Angel 2. I I feel like... Have Have you watched that movie, Ashley? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like, the last shot of the movie is the villain finally being revealed. Yes. Go make another one of those, goddammit! I, I, I had enough fun with that one to watch another one, yeah. Yeah, I I honestly liked that movie a lot. Way more than I expected to. Yeah, maybe I think I had see, I watched it after people were like, you know, Alita Battle Angel was actually really good. Yeah. So I kind of like went in with expectations. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And if you, if you do that, I could see maybe not liking it as much. Yeah, and my liking of it was, eh, that's a really fun action movie. <laughs> Okay, I hear you. Counterpoint, Christoph Waltz got a big hammer. He does have a big hammer, though. That's like the one movie where Christoph Waltz plays, like, a good person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he he plays, like, a good person in, like, uh, I guess, Django Unchained, but I also... Yeah, he's a good person in Django. I also haven't seen that movie. (laughs) I have not seen that movie in a while, and I feel like I don't need to revisit it. Um... 
But yeah, talking about how Captain Marvel kind of disappeared from the public consciousness, I remember yeah. I was talking uh, with some friends. Like, oh yeah, this weekend I got to watch uh, Captain Marvel to do a podcast. I was like, yeah, like you know, I don't. I kind of I remember kind of liking it when it first came out, but it's been a couple years since. And then I looked it up and like, oh, this movie came out in 2019, March 2019, the month before Endgame. Yeah, it Jesus. feels like it happened, and like Endgame even like feels like it happened like multiple years like well yeah you know again we've said it but 2020 is was a long long year 2020 was a heck of a time no wonder no one talks about this movie or remember this movie if it came out literally a month before endgame jesus they sent this thing out to die except it made over a billion dollars yeah so fuck me i guess i don't know what happened yeah i mean movies make most of their money in the opening weekend so that they didn't they did not send it to die i I guess they sent it to die in like the cultural conversation or whatever you know what i mean yeah that's movie is in some ways a like just kind of like cramming the night before to understand a character in endgame <laughs> right yeah the yeah, character's yeah. not really even that important in endgame no <laughs> from what i've what i've heard <laughs> like this is a pretty standalone film yeah 100 there's one scene at the end that handshakes with the the post credits of endgame it's pretty standalone and i would argue that some of the worst parts of this movie are when they try to handshake the rest of the universe yeah i think that's true actually oh you didn't like when they uh pause the movie to talk about what a cool guy colson is <laughs> I did it actually. I <laughs> Well at the same time, see this movie actually is further evidence for Agents of Shield not being canon. Because in Agents uh-huh. of Shield they established in like episode three that Nick Fury recruited Colson right out of high school. But in this movie he is referred to as a new guy and a rookie, despite being thirty years old. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't add up. Uh so do you want to go like just go through the plot of the movie? <laughs> Yeah, we open on the planet of Hala. We're going to go through a lot of information very, very quick because the movie doesn't want to stick around here for some reason. Right. Well, because it wants to get to the fun 90s Earth. All the dialogue in the first five minutes is extremely on the nose and extremely to the point because they want to establish that she has, like, a total recalled amnesia dreams thing, but they don't actually want to spend that much time on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they do... I was trying to figure out if that was supposed to be, like, an intentional wink and nod, like, ah, you know, it's like that 90s movie, Total Recall, but we're in the 90s, you get it? Yeah, and uh, the thing about uh, Verse... Our hero, Veers. I, I mean, I the first time I'd seen anything of Captain of this Captain Marvel movie, it was like a uh-huh. Funko that was labeled Veers. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like I've heard that there's gay undertones to this movie, but this is a little. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about her learning that she's not Verse; she's a top. All right, let's uh, just keep going, and we'll just ignore Luke. <laughs> Our main character, Veers, is a member of the Kree Elite Squadron, the Star Force, but she's been having recurring dreams about this older woman that she was really into, but she doesn't remember <laughs> who she is. And so she talks to her mentor, Yonrog, and she's like, Ah, man, I've been haunted by these dreams, and Yonrog's like... You're haunted by your past, and it's making you unfocused. You need to talk to the AI that rules over us. And the AI is like, you're haunted by your past. It's making you unfocused. You need to get over it and keep your emotions in check. And she's like, uh-huh. I don't want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is all, like, 
all of this exposition is done through like first a fight scene uh where the whole thing is that jude law who plays the dude is like you see i, I can beat you because you are thinking about the past <laughs> and don't you see that the past is a weakness <laughs> Right. And she keeps trying to use her special superpower, which is shooting... I'm sorry, the Immortal Iron Fist is her superpower. <laughs> and she keeps trying to use it, but Yonrong's like, no, you're not allowed because you have to beat me as just yourself because I said so. Yeah. And uh, also she's got like the the microchip on the back of her neck from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, she's got the Thor thing. Who yeah. makes those? <laughs> Whoever makes those is doing a good fucking job. Uh, but yeah, she's... Yeah, she she's a member of the Kree, or she is a Kree. That's a it's a race of space people. Yeah, they and they basically just look like humans. Yeah, they're just human looking, except they got blue blood on the inside, and some of them are blue on the outside. Doesn't seem clear. Usually to me. they're blue, except sometimes when they don't feel like making them blue, like if they're an important character. Right. They, I guess they have to introduce the idea that sometimes they're not blue, so like it makes sense that uh, Veers doesn't question her like where she comes from. But I think Veers understands that she is not a Cree. She has been adopted, but she's just not sure where she's from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they are locked in an eternal war against the. Uh, evil scrolls, shape-shifting monsters that they have to destroy because they're evil. They're they're terrorists who are here to conquer planets. Yeah, and I'll say like, mm, I I am always loath to give these movies credit for anything. <laughs> Uh, just based on this movie's reputation as, like, military propaganda, I was super skeeved out by this early stuff. I'm like, God, this is, like, fucking, if Starship Troopers wasn't ironic, this sucks. And the fact that that's kind of the point later on, like, it gets a few, it gets a point or two from me for that. I, I like the scrawl in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of weird shit about it. <laughs> sure. That I think is just inherent in the nature of the scrawl. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I yeah, I I like them and it helps that I think I like the main actor of the like kind of main scroll we see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke Pop Quiz, can you name all the members of Star Force? Oh Jesus Christ. Uh Yon Rog. Uh-huh. Beardo. Uh-huh. I think that's uh Bronchar. Uh, of course you got Sif. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, Solo. Uh, Korath from uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy films is here. Uh, Chewbacca. Uh, At- Atlas. Yeah, Volstag. Uh, Minerva. I, I always feel bad because the dude who was in also in Guardians of the Galaxy, he like took a Marvel movie role because he like, oh, it's like my kid saw that. I was like, could I, he had an audition for this and they like wanted me so I could be a hero. And in both movies he's been in, he's a villain. Oh, and not even oh, an no. important one. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, that sucks. It's like, I remember reading that, like, oh, man, that's a real big bummer. Yeah. I mean, he could have said no if he really didn't want to do it, but still. He he plays his bit role as well as he can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I, this whole sequence that is coming up, I had totally forgotten about. They have a little quit moment where they talk about how hot each other are, and then they go to a planet to uh, kill some Skrulls because they conquered uh, Torfan, which is a planet from Mass Effect. <laughs> Uh, real quick.
like we also didn't touch on when you talk, when you connect, when you jack into the Matrix to talk to the Supreme Intelligence, uh, it takes the form of the person you love and respect the most. And yeah, it's just this random old lady that Brie Larson doesn't know. Right, yeah, he has a whole little speech about how, like, religiously important talking to the 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 architect is how like no usually no one ever shares who they see because it's like so meaningful and important right and she's like i don't it's just some fucking lady for me i don't know uh yeah my question is i get the idea like oh i don't even know who this is like sure based on what we know about her past having watched the movie why isn't it her you know friend her gal pal (laughs) wait isn't her wife yeah Yeah. I, there's like a scene that we need to like really dig into that, but <laughs> yeah, we'll cover well, it. Well, it's because they wanted to call the movie Captain Marvel, and to do that, you need to have Marvel. And I guess if she's gonna name herself after Marvel, then Marvel needs to be like a mentor or something. Then maybe, just maybe, they should have put more work into explaining that mentor relationship and, like, sell me on the idea that this is the person she cares about the most in the world. Uh, what if she just has, like, gray hair and they kind of quip at each other a bit? Then you can fill in the blanks. Okay, I guess <laughs> I guess that's fine, too. Yeah, like, what if she? they only talk and quip to each other? Yeah. They never have a genuine emotional moment. <laughs> you know what was really refreshing about Maria Rambeau? Is that she just she just told uh, Carol in plain words how much she loves and respects her. Uh-huh, yeah. That, that, was, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. If you do that once, you get lesbian fans forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, they do a bunch of fighting. I I zoned out and played Puyo Puyo Tetris during this because it's boring. It, it turns out that the refugees on the planets are actually Skrulls, and the Skrulls reveal themselves and attack the Star Force, and they end up capturing uh, Veers, and they do a little mind probe on her. Yeah, they, there's a whole, they, like, they show you, like, okay, here's what it looks like when a Skrull has transformed into someone, and, you know, if they get killed, then they transform back basic shapeshifter shit uh but yeah and this is the stuff that really looks like an air force commercial yes like there are just like glamour shots of them climbing up into the cockpit of like bombers i like the uh the i like the mechanism of the little matrix memory device where she's like living through the memories but she's highly suggestible to what the person running it talos is telling her and he keeps like rewinding it um i think that is like most effective at the part where they're trying to get the the name of the doctor and like the whole thing where it just keeps repeating and like she keeps turning and having the same conversation yeah yeah there's also this is like when we first kind of get into uh the part of the movie i roll my eyes at the most which is all of the hashtag girl boss of it Uh uh-huh yes yeah 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 which like obviously i a lot of the comic book heroes i like are women just because i don't know i relate to them more like you know i love my spider-man sure hey yeah yeah um but and so like it it's kind of one of those things where it's like of course for like their big first female hero they were going to do some of this shit sure but it just is just so like on the nose every single time it's on the nose and it also just feels very like cliche at this point like if you want to make a like we have a strong female protagonist just like do it you don't need to like constantly pat yourself on the back for doing it just do it doing it in the 21st film yeah exactly (laughs) 
Like, it feels like a 90s-ass type thing, and I almost wonder if part of the plan here was like, okay, but if we set it in the 90s, then it's like winking and nodding, right? And it's not, like, boring and overplayed, right? Yeah, like, just all of the stuff here where it's like, oh, you don't belong out there, you know? Yeah. And like, but you had- You can't drive a go-kart, you're a g-g-g-girl! Yeah, or, like, her climbing the rope and everyone's going like, you're not strong enough! Or the, yeah. or they there's a reason they call it the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. Have you played the game? Are you familiar with the game Metal Gear Solid? You know, I might be a little familiar with that one. I played a little yeah. bit of some Metal Gear Solid lately, and I forgot how sexist that video game is. Oh, it's pretty like, sexist. I knew, but I forgot that literally, like the first time you, you meet any female character, Snake's like huh, a female analyst. She's pretty hot, huh? Yeah. And then she's like, oh my god, uh-huh. the famous Solid Snake is hitting on me. Oh my god. I didn't expect you'd be so cute. And so in the context of that, I feel like this movie's pretty good. <laughs> Coming <laughs> off the bat onto this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Metal Gear Solid has the strong female character of Meryl Silverberg, who shakes her ass when she walks almost like a nervous tick. Uh, we do get a, cl- a quick clip of Carol going on a date, so that's not nice they do uh, karaoke uh, at a bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> the thing about carol is that she's she's always being heckled and pushed by the men in her life they're always like you you can't do this and then you know what she fucks it up but she always gets back up again oh she always gets back up um yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, it. one of the things that bothers me is that, like, they never... And maybe, like, this would just be too much, where they never, like, actually call, like, go, like, oh, I am experiencing a lot of sexism. Sure, yeah. They also just kind of frame it as people didn't believe in me. And, yeah, it was because I was a girl, but it's more important that they didn't believe in me. Well, Ashley, uh, Maria does mention that back in 1989, they wouldn't let the woman do anything that mattered, like bombing people in Iraq. Ah! Yeah, they do do that. They do just kind of gloss right over what the the important missions meant in 1989. Man, I just I just wish they would let me do combat in Operation Desert Storm. Oh, you're really making me like that character less now that you're reminding me that the thing she was barred from doing by institutional sexism was bombing people in Operation Desert Storm. Yeah. Oh, these fucking movies. Uh, anyway, Talos is looking for the the woman that Veer sees, the Dr. Lawson, who's involved with some sort of light speed engine, which I guess is rare in this world. It was the 90s. It was a different time. <laughs> Who Have we seen anyone with light speed engines yet? We've absolutely seen people go warp speed. Yeah. They talk about, and like they talk about later in the movie, like, oh, like you can warp from here to here, but it's like a. Right. Yeah, they eventually justify it by saying, oh, you know, it's, it's a Tesseract ship, so you can go real far, real fast. But for a long time in this movie, it is just referred to as a light speed engine, and all the aliens are like, oh my god, a light speed engine? If the scrolls get a hold of that, it's all over. Right. And I guess you can kind of justify it in the sense that, like, the scrolls are oppressed and might not have access to technology that, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy can easily get their hands on or whatever. You know what I mean? I I don't... I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to get a hold of a shitty little ship with a light speed engine. I'm... Listen, I'm trying here. It, it doesn't... Like a lot of Marvel movies, if you think about it for long enough, 
it eventually some parts of it fall apart. <laughs> anyway, Veers manages to wrangle her way out of the scroll little machine, and they happen to be orbiting around planet, uh, what, C-85? C-35 or something? Yeah. Uh, Terra, if you will. I fucking hate that they call it Terra. <laughs> Do they, I thought they always called it C-35, but then, like, there was a subtitle that said Terran Homeworld. Yeah, but they always call them Terrans and Guardians. Right. Which which really grinds my gears. What would you prefer they call them? Humans. Hmm. Earthlings. I'll take Earthlings. Hmm. Earthlings. Yeah, that's true. Why would they go... Well, I was gonna say, why would they go with Terran over Earthling? But yeah, why wouldn't... Who's just... Maybe... Maybe... Okay. Maybe the first time any alien got in touch with Earth was during the Roman Empire, and they learned a little bit of Latin, and that's why they call them Terrans. Well, the first time the Kree went to Earth would have been, like, thousands of years ago when they made the Inhumans. Okay, that lines up with what I just said. Yeah, but that, that was well before Rome. Rome was thousands of years ago? Uh, they, the Inhumans were a lot longer ago. Alright, well, I don't know then. That was portrayed the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not canon, so I guess it could be wrong. Well, it's not canon then. You're right. <laughs> uh, we get our first bit of, uh, scroll comedy where... One of them just, like, touches her head, and it's basically, like, tuning a uh, old TV. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that did something. Keep doing it. Right. Uh, Talos is played by the very charming Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Who I always like to see or hear. <laughs> what else is he in? Uh, Infinity Train. Oh, who is he? Oh, he's the fucking uh, uh, Sliver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty oh, I pretty good in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I like him. He's also the guy in The Dark Knight Rises who Bane, like, strokes a chin of is like, you think I care about money? Do, do you feel in charge? This gives you power over me? <laughs> Man, Bane deserves to be in a better movie. <laughs> yeah, they should put Bane in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Bane. Well, now I said, hold on. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, she, uh, st- like, still has her handcuffs on because... Uh, you know, her plasma, so she can't use her plasma bolts, but she's just fucking hitting dudes with them. Uh, yeah. there's a big guy at one point, because big guy is timeless and universal. Right. Everyone understands big guy. Yeah, it's just like, oh, like, you just beat up a bunch of tiny dudes, but oh, big guy, you're gonna have to, like, hit him, like, five times. <laughs> yeah, I've played the video game. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to use the special shield breaker move to hurt him. Yes. <laughs> or you'll have to use the circle button to jump over his head and attack him from behind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she gets to an escape pod and goes crash landing on this mysterious planet of C-35. Oh, oh, she goes right through the roof of a dang blockbuster video. She's in the 90s on Earth. I will say the the pan down to reveal the blockbuster video is a good shot. That's good visual storytelling to set the era. Yeah, and yeah, it, it is funny that you can just show somebody a Blockbuster logo and they immediately know what era it's in. Even more so when they showed the Radio Shack. Yeah. Um, I did forget that in that whole scene, she is not wearing any shoes. Uh-huh. That is true, because she opens, like, a thumbprint door with her toe. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta give something to the foot perverts out there. Oh, don't they have enough? <laughs> God, yes, they do. I feel like they're well catered, too. <laughs> but uh, they, they are always clamoring for more if you're a foot pervert in the audience you know n- no disrespect no listen listen big feet controls a lot of hollywood 
Uh, and then when she gets her boots, it's just replaying that clip of the guy saying cockpit, and she gets and she blows it up. It's a funny joke. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but in those those scenes of her experiencing sexism, I thought they would get into like her relationship with her dad, who's in those scenes, but they just don't. Yeah. No. There's one throwaway line later that she didn't get along with her parents, so uh, uh, Maria is her real family. Yeah, because they're such good friends. They're such good friends. They're such good friends that they even uh, started raising a daughter together. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you see scenes of, like, Carol playing, I don't remember the kid's name, but playing with her outside, and then Maria calls them both in for dinner. Like, it is, the, the stupidest line in this entire movie is when Maria says, you're such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most unbelievable part of it. Uh-huh, Yeah. She even lives out in, like, the fucking woods on the little farm. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so she lands in the blockbuster. Uh, she talks to the security guard who's in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, he points her towards the radio shack for communications. Right. And then she hacks the, the payphone with the radio shack stuff to connect to space, which I think is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and exp- when you get the long-distance stuff, <laughs> they cut her off because her... Her time is out. <laughs> Very long distance call. They load up this chunk with like, hey guys, it's the 90s. Because you have the blockbuster thing, followed immediately by the Radio Shack thing. Then it cuts to the scrolls, like, shape-shifting into surfers. And then it cuts back to her at a payphone. And I guess she used a Game Boy to hack the phone with? Because <laughs> there's just like a disassembled Game Boy on top of the phone. Yeah, I... Would they sell Game Boy at Radio Shack? You could... I bet they did. Yeah, it's just been so long since I thought of Radio Shack. <laughs> Or maybe she got it out of the blockbuster. Who knows? Yeah, it, it was the, that was the uh, part of like the pa- the Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. This is several years too early for the Pokemon Snap kiosks at Blockbuster. Sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I'll forgive it this time, but don't make that mistake again. I feel like 90s nostalgia never really got its own spot because 80s nostalgia just never went away. Yeah, and it's getting to the point where we're kind of just moving on to 2000s nostalgia. Yeah, like, especially in music, it went from, like, 80s nostalgia to 2000s nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a few 90s things here and there, like, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, I'd say, is a 90s nostalgia thing, you know? But, yeah, it is kind of just getting skipped over because the 80s shit went on for so goddamn long, and it's still going on. They're making another Ghostbusters. Well, this one, they're fr- look, they're finally giving it back to the fans. They're finally giving it back to the fans. Lovingly shot fields of golden wheat that the Ecto-1 can drive through. In my opinion, Ghostbusters 1984 is a bad film. (laughs) I think it is a perfectly okay movie and am baffled by the fucking rabid fan base around it. I watched it for the first time, like, not that long ago, and I was like... Oh, this is the movie people have dedicated their lives to. Like this? <laughs> people are into the cartoon. Movie does not uh, movie does not make a great first impression when it opens on Bill Murray abusing his authority as a professor to hit on a girl while also torturing a man. Uh, also, all of the posters around the phone booth are Rock the Vote, Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> just again. They just really want you to know it's in the 90s. <laughs> Um, yeah, she makes her long-distance call, and that's when, um, the, the, the very good boy, Agent Coulson, shows up. Uh-huh, yeah. And we get, also, de Samuel L. Jackson. The de-aging, it looks pretty good. That's well done! It's well done enough that I find it kind of upsetting. <laughs> it, 
I, I like Sam Jackson in this movie. I do too. I just, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh God, Samuel Jackson is an old man. He's gonna die relatively soon. And Nick Fury is still gonna be in these movies. Ugh, I'm creeped out. Yeah, like on a like ethical level, it's bad, but uh-huh. it's great movie. <laughs> It's good movie. It's good. Yeah, hold on. Great's pretty, uh... You don't think it's cool that if you're in, like, a silly little Flash Gordon movie in 1977 that Disney owns your face forever? No, I don't think that's cool, actually. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, interrogates Veers, and it's the usual stuff of, like, she's talking about space and shit, and he's like, oh, we got a space girl here. <laughs> Yeah, which I I couldn't tell in this scene if she if he thought she was crazy or if he was just being like coy because he's a shield guy he might know this shit already but yeah then the, it doesn't matter because they get shot by a space laser. If Marvel's Agents of Shield was canon, then Shield would have encountered the Kree at this point, and Nick Fury would probably be high level enough to know about that. But Shield is not canon. Yeah, because he's also not all that high level in this movie. It bugged me that they are already Shields in this uh-huh. when the whole. Th- thing in iron man one is that they don't have the acronym shield yet <laughs> oh yeah that's true hold no, on well, a second. i think the way that was supposed to be was colson was intentionally giving the long name to kind of uh be hard to remember and at the end when it's like okay we're gonna be in your life all the time now just call a shield but no the, like robert Downey jr makes a joke about like you guys really gotta shorten that up. And, you know, and then later he, like, looks at him, like, with a wink. And he's like, you can just call a shield. Yeah, I guess you could say that, like, oh, you fool, we've already shortened it. We just wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I buy it, but also it annoyed me, so. Right. Uh, Veers gets on a bus to escape the uh, scrolls attacking. Stanley makes a cameo just saying true believers over and over again. He's reading the Mallrat script. Yes. This is... Oh, uh, Stanley cameoing as Stanley. Yeah. From the 90s. And, and also, this movie opens up with a big Stanley tribute. Right, because this is the movie, I guess, that came out shortly after he uh, passed away. And yeah, they, uh, they give him, yeah, like the Marvel like logo is all Stan Lee instead of like all the heroes and stuff. That's that's nice. Yeah, I, I still think my favorite uh, Stanley tribute is from uh, Spider-Verse. Yeah, no, the, the Stanley scene in Spider-Verse is delightful. It, it, it's that perfect mix of like heartwarming old man, but also like... Shitty con artist. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she beats up an old lady on the bus because uh, it's secretly a scroll. I feel like the scrolls could probably do a little more psychological manipulation here. They just kind of give up the goose every time they get caught. They do, yeah. They're not very good at faking it. Yeah, I guess maybe they don't know, like, how many, like, how known scrolls are on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Or And how well-known, like, Star Force is. Yeah. I was gonna say, too, watching this scene at the time, uh, the beginning of the movie, uh, I found it upsetting when I'm like, oh, this is such a fun superhero movie where uh, the beautiful, powerful person just storms through a bus and just intimidates everybody until she finds the right person to beat the shit out of. This is great. I love this. Again, though, the movie wins back a few points for me because the point is that she's kind of like a piece of shit right now without realizing it. Yeah, it's... This movie does kind of have a lot of problems that, like, Marvel movies do, where her arc is she realizes that she was wrong and then does a 180. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, But, yeah, like, the fact that they were, like, smart enough to know, like, that probably shouldn't have the scroll be the bad guys <laughs> yeah yeah 
which I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know that much about the scrolls in the comics universe. Me neither. A lot of my Marvel around Captain Marvel reading is Miss Marvel. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know if that was a twist that happened at some point. I used to have, like, the Marvel visual encyclopedia, and it cast the scrolls as bad guys, I remember, so. I, I think there's at least... I think there are good scrolls. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Crystal, do you know about scrolls? Uh, I know the scrolls in the comics are more of like d- an actual power. Like their planet is not like they they can fight. It's a it's an ongoing war. They're not like just being persecuted. Right. Okay. I yeah. I think the most notable scroll I know is the one from uh, Runaways. I was gonna say the most notable scroll I know is the one from Marvel versus Capcom three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I also remember when this movie like the trailer came out people got mad like uh, like it was like a kind of thing on like trying to say this in a way that like doesn't sound shitty sure um it was a thing on hashtag girl boss twitter where it was like oh why is the first marvel movie with a woman having her beat up this old lady what it's like it's like making her a villain and it's like well the point of the scene is that it the old lady is not actually an old lady <laughs> And also the point of the movie is she is a villain and needs to stop being a villain. Yeah, but this was before, like, people knew about the twist of... Right, right, no, sure. Uh, but yeah, during this whole chase scene, uh, Coulson ends up calling Fury. Yeah. Uh, Coulson ends up being a Skrull, and they, they kill the fake Coulson, and they do an autopsy on his body. But uh, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., whose name is very memorable, because the name <laughs> of the character <laughs> is Director Keller, is actually Talos in disguise. And they look over the scroll's body and are like, man, this guy's fucking ugly, huh? And Nick Fury pulls up the cloth to look at his dick. He's like, huh, look at that dick. <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> he does do that. Why does he do that? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Veers is at the library. She's using Alta Vista because it's the 90s. It is the 90s. They, and they just want you to know that it's the 1990s. She's a very good uh, strip mall, which is donuts, Chinese takeout, and internet cafe. What else do you need? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna live there. Uh, this is maybe the most eye-rolly, uh, hashtag feminist moment in this movie to me, when the motorcycle guy comes up and, like, tells her to smile. I'm like, come on. It's, yeah, that's no good. There's, like, a deleted portion where he's, like, more of a dirtbag to her. Uh-huh. Uh, and she is more of, like, an asshole to him. Sure. Uh, and people did not like it. Yeah. Because it doesn't even, like... She steals his bike, so obviously she's like, fuck that dude. But also, as far as she knows, she's like a space alien and, like, doesn't necessarily have the cultural context to know, like, to understand the way in which he's being a dick. Yes. They previously established that gender is the same all across the universe. You know what they actually do, that's right. That's one thing, it is so nitpicky, but it drives me crazy in this whole movie, is aliens constantly using, like... American English idioms and slang just casually. Like, why the fuck do you know how to... What? Stop it. What? Like, But eventually, like, the the other side of that is like, oh, it, like, you know, went through, uh, like, you know, the lightsaber went through the wall, like, a you know, phasma blade through, you know... Sure. You know, Cree lard or whatever. It's fuck. Terry and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't want to... Yeah, that's, that's fair. I'm saying that they should probably find maybe a, a middle ground where the writing is good (laughs) what if they wrote it good (laughs) i'd like it if they wrote it good um yeah she ends up going to a bar the bar that we saw in the flashback fury's there they have a whole scene where they have to prove to each other uh that they're not scrolls 
Yeah. Um, where and that's like when they see the idea that uh, scrolls can only re- like get recent memories, not. Yeah. There's a Street Fighter Two cabinet, and it's playing like a demo mode of Sagat fighting Bison, but also that's superimposed with a flashback of her playing it, which I think we can take to assume that uh, Carol main Sagat. Hold on. And I don't know what. To, what Hold to, on. What Street Fighter Two was not released in 1989. Hmm. Ooh. Oh ho ho! They fucked up now. They got the gamer info wrong. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to dig into what we thought uh, Carol being a Sagat main said about her character. I don't know shit about Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't know anything. Uh, I, I, I don't know enough to actually do this bit. I guess she likes tigers, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, tigers are cool. Um, you know, Sagat does have an eye patch. Maybe she just has an affinity for eye patches. Uh, Not an attraction, just an affinity. She likes people with eye patches. Uh, at what her proving that she is not a scroll is by do, using her hand powers, and yes. Nick Fury rightly points out that that doesn't mean shit to him. Right, I do like that, but also then he just goes along with it anyway. Yeah, because the movie needs to keep going. Also, because it's the '90s, she's got a nine-inch nail shirt and a uh, uh, flannel tied around her waist. Yeah. Um, this is when like the movie is like really laying on the needle drops. Uh-huh. Uh, I, and you say that the smile bit is the worst thing. There is a later needle drop that I think is actively disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> is it the fight at the end? Yes. Oh, okay. I, and, like, not in, like, a, a moral way, just in a filmmaking way. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, they end up going to uh, Pegasus, which is the fancy secret air force base and he makes her take away her flannel uh which is lesbophobia <laughs> yeah uh we do also learn that nick fury can't eat diagonally cut toast yes uh and that everyone will always call him fury if he ever has kids fury his mom calls him fury uh-huh there was part of me this is not a criticism i thought it'd be fun if in the past nick was like a weenie and he learned to be a tough guy throughout this movie it yeah it's hard to cast Samuel L. Jackson as a not a tough guy nowadays. That would also be fun to see Samuel L. Jackson playing a weenie. Yeah, like, even in, like, Glass, which I don't think is a good movie, he is, like, a badass intellectual. Right, first name Mr., last name, name Glass. Glass. You don't think he's he's a bit of a weenie when he very carefully uses the tape to get the fingerprint off of a badge so he can open the fingerprint door, and then he comes up on another door and he's like, hold on, let me get my tape, and he kind of fiddles with the tape and struggles with it, and then Carol uses the immortal iron fist to blow the door open he is marginally more of a weenie than he is in the future i would just you know it's that's fun to be like oh back in the past what was this character we're familiar with like like what you know it'd be fun if there was more of a contrast you want a full-on pre-electric eels electro <laughs> no <laughs> what a good movie <laughs> God. Um, the best part of this whole sequence is whenever uh, Fury sees the cat. Yeah, Fury fucking loves this cat. Yeah, there's just a cat named Goose who's hanging around this Air Force base. Yeah. You think they would have, you know, with the owner of it being dead for so long? <laughs> uh, well, considering, you know... The nature of the cat? <laughs> might be a bit hard to remove the cat. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, they find some files that reveal that... Uh, 
Dr. Lawson was actually a Cree, and she was using a Tesseract to build a Lightspeed engine, and uh, uh, Veers was actually Carol Danvers, one of the people testing the plane, and her wife was Maria Rambeau, the last person to see them alive. <laughs> you get a, a fight scene with the very memorable director and Fury, uh, because they are like, just the, the whole thing, like he used his uh, standing as the director to say that like, oh, uh, Fury's like, sided with the enemy. <laughs> Right, right. But Fury's the one who, like, told them where they were. He, like, paged them to be like, hey, I got the alien lady. Come come get her. Uh, so she takes his pager. There's a scene of Coulson being a good a good boy. Yeah. Uh, and letting them go. And then they hop into what is basically, like, an early version of, like, the shield jet. Oh, the Quinjet. The Quinjet, yes. Yep. And then they fly to, where, where do they go? New Orleans? Is that where? Yeah, Louisiana. Because, like, yeah, they're like, oh, obviously, like, a person who probably knows me is the person who was the last person to see me. Right. Um, and then, you know, we get a, a fun scene with um, extremely important, memorable character, Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> He's back, baby! <laughs> I really assumed they were building up to him showing up during the climax. I mean, he does, but... Wait, does he? Did I, like, turn on my head and miss it? Yes. When does he show up? He's in the ship. He's gonna shoot Earth. What? Yeah, he... Fu- How did I just miss that completely? I mean, I understand. <laughs> and then he's like, we'll be back for the weapon. And his little buddy's like, you mean the Tesseract? And he's like, no, the woman. Yeah. I literally... The movie ended. I was like, wait, why didn't Ronan ever actually show up after they talked to him so many times? Because he did. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did do that. Luke is okay. good at watching movies. We do need to say I, this. I look. I. <laughs> I was gonna say I watched Tenet and understood the plot of it. Yeah, it wasn't very complicated. <laughs> no, it wasn't all that complicated. It was. Yeah, I was confused, but then they just explained everything, and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's fine." Um. Yeah, but they show up, and the daughter is immediately like, "Oh, it's Aunt Carol. Carol, like, I'm so glad that you're here again. I'm, like, I'm so glad that things will return to the normal of you just living with us platonically." Uh huh. Yeah, I I like the cut where it's like uh them like them like her asking like like where have you been for the last like six years and then well that's some shit. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, they uh they have their big moment they they reconnect over their their missed fighting in a Operation Desert Storm. Right, yes. Yeah. They uh uh Maria mentions that like, oh you showed up at my door at dawn banging on my door like you always did. Mm-hmm. Uh because uh, we need to make it very clear that she wasn't sleeping over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are two are there two bedrooms in this house? <laughs> are there two adult bedrooms in this? Is this a three-bedroom house? I think it is implied that Carol did not live here. She was just over here all the time. Did she own her own property in New Orleans? I think that's the idea, But yeah. worked in Los Angeles? Wait. Isn't that where the base fuck. is in California? Well, then then Maria couldn't have lived here back then. This must be a new house. Yeah, no, I think she did. Like, I think they do talk about her moving after the whole thing. That would make sense, yeah. I think she, when they talk about banging on the door, is just talking about the place in L.A. Or maybe they mean banging in a different way, if you know what I mean. Hey, uh, this was the house that they had always talked about buying after. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> so does this house that they always talk about buying have three bedrooms? <laughs> it's... And yeah, like, they have a, a few nice moments where it's, like, obviously Carol is remembering more, like, more and more shit, or is at least acting like 
she used to around her. Right, uh, right. And it's the scene where they bring out the photos that I'm really like, all right, guys, you yeah. should have just fucking did it. You did 98% of it. You would need to, like, replace the word friend with wife or partner or girlfriend or whatever and add in, like, one quick insert shot of, like, one of them reaching out to touch the other's hand and it would just be canonical. Yeah. That's all you'd have to do. It's the the Christmas photo. That is really what does it. Yep. Well, and also I think the fact that Maria has all of her baby pictures and pictures of when they're kids, when she was a kid. Yes. Um, the the daughter does a lot of like bad exposition, and I don't want to like shame a kid for being bad at acting because acting's hard. No, sure, and she's Whatever. a kid, but it's just like extremely like like we were saying earlier. It's like you know you had a dad, but you didn't get along a lot, so you spent a lot of time with us. I would almost say that's more of the fault of the writing than the actor. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm saying it's kind of a, a mix. Mostly on the right. Yeah, right. And we, we see that the uh, there's just a piece of the dog tag. It just says Carol Dan. What if they got that part and her name was Carol Dan? <laughs> Carolden. Carolden. <laughs> Wait, why, why can they read English? <laughs> we can't ask these guys a question. <laughs> Universal translator. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Maria's uh, neighbor comes over to uh, you know check out the jet that I guess they just parked in her front yard. Yeah, she's got a lot of room. Yeah, and uh, this guy also seems like he's an aviation guy. He's like, oh, hey, me and the boys wanted to know if we could check out that cool bird you got out there. But Carol thinks he's a squirrel, so she tells him to fuck off. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you re- like, you're really working on this one with all that to- like country talk. Yeah. She turns around, it's just the squirrel guy. <laughs> he's like, hey. And slurps loudly on the milkshake. This was the one, like, idiom that for whatever reason, this was the one that really irritated me because the squirrel just says, like, you really need to be kinder to your neighbors. You never know when you might need to borrow a cup of sugar. Yeah, that, it does, it doesn't really work. <laughs> no, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Also, that wasn't even kind of an impression of... <laughs> I, yeah, I was just gonna go buy it, but... (laughs) (laughs) He's got a weird voice. He kind of sounds like he's always chewing on something. And I don't know if that's the actor or if that's the actor doing a voice for the scroll. No, that's what Ben Mendelsohn sounds like. Okay. Yeah, he's got a milkshake, I think. Yes, It made me want a milkshake. Yeah, that's good for a theatrical film. Around the halfway point, too. You know, step out, get a milkshake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing important is about to happen, so I'm just gonna go get a milkshake. And yeah, the scroll... Talos. Talos is just like, yeah, you can clearly, like, murder all of us. I'm not here to fight. Like, you would just win. But I do have the black box recording from the plane crash you thought you died in. Uh, I did like when uh, he's like, you know, I've, you know, I, I tried to hide from you before, but I'm coming to you, you know, as my true self to, like, ask for your help. And you, we've seen that uh, someone is imitating uh, Maria outside. And she's like, then who the fuck is that? And he's like... Fair point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he just wants her to listen, find out. And so they go to the computer. It takes a while to load the file because it's the 90s. This joke got me. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Because <laughs> everyone else is uh, just like, yeah, like Nick Fury doesn't even pay any minds. And Carol's like, what, what, what's happening? 
Uh, this is also where we set up that uh, Talos is terrified of Goose the cat. He keeps calling it a flurkin, and Nick Fury just thinks this is delightful that the alien is scared of a cat. Yes. Um, yeah, I, like I said earlier, I, I like Talos, especially when he goes full-on comedy character, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, and Maria says that if he calls her young lady, and she's like, if you call me young lady again, I will shove my foot up your ass. Well, no, she says, like, yeah, he says something about, like, uh, he's like, uh, listen, young lady, I don't know if you know, but I have powers that let me go places I'm not supposed to be. And her answer is, if you call me young lady again, I'll put my foot somewhere it's not supposed to be. And he just kind of stops and waits, like, wait, so you don't want me to guess where you mean, or? <laughs> a joke which would work better if he wasn't casually using English idioms all the time. Yeah, and like with the loading, like we have made fun of all of the like '90s guys, but some of the '90s jokes work. <laughs> some of the '90s jokes work just fine. It just it lays it on a little thick. Yes, maybe that's why he thought the cup of sugar line was like a really good one because he misunderstood the context. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a real killer line, cup of sugar, right? Like yeah, a neighbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but listening to the black box recording gives Carol a flashback where she remembers everything that happened, that she was on the plane with Marvell, uh, and then they get, like, shot down by a spacecraft, and uh, I think Marvell is, like, seriously wounded here, right? And she's got, like, blue blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the, the dream that Carol's been having, but, you know, unlike in the dream, she's got red blood. What? yeah. Um, like, before they had kind of, like, cut around it where she's got, like, the blood on her hand is from Marvell. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, I feel like if they were going to do it, like, this would be a good place to, like, show, like, how important this character is to her, that she would name herself after it. Right. But they're still just kind of joking back and forth at each other. It's like... I, I can understand... I would buy from this scene that she does care about and respect Marvell. I don't buy that she cares about and respects her more than Maria. Yeah, it's, yeah. Marvel's main character trait is that she keeps saying, we're not here to fight wars, we're here to end them. Right. Which doesn't mean anything. No, that's no. that's why you fight wars. Well, unless you're the, the sons of the patriots. Well, yes, then you want eternal warfare to carry on the legacy of the boss. Yeah, and it's also not entirely clear how her Tesseract drive would do that. <laughs> well, the idea was that the the scrolls could get so far away from the Kree that, like, they wouldn't be attacked by them anymore. But as far as Maria and Carol are concerned, it would be that the U.S. Air Force would have such good ships that no one would do war anymore. Right. Yeah. Because the U.S. would kill them. Yeah. But uh, Marvell like, blows up the engine, but then... No, uh, she's about to, uh, and then she gets shot, and it's the reveal that... Right. It it was Jude Law who shot her, not the uh, scroll that we've seen in all the previous flashbacks. Yeah, it turns out that it was her, her Cree friend all along. Carol shoots it, and all of the energy goes into her, and that's how she got superpowers. Yes, and then, but that knocks her unconscious, so, uh, John, what's, what's Jude Law's name? Vog? Yon Rog. John? Yon Rog. <laughs> I'm so bad at names. Also, Minerva is there, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ron Vogue, uh, <laughs> already lost it. Yon Rog. <laughs> right, uh... Bogron uh, takes her unconscious body to the Kree ship. 
uh, and yeah, she, like cuts to present day or the nineties where Carol uh, is like running outside and she's like, this is all fucked up. Everything I knew was a lie. Um, and she has a line where again, knock at her heading in my opinion, where she's like, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then Maria, in, what should she, she go? Like, well, you're my wife. Right. Yes. Instead, she's like, you're my very good friend. <laughs> yeah. But this is also where uh, uh, Talos is like, yeah, listen, the Kree are the aggressors in this war. We just were oppressed. They've, we just want a home that they won't, uh, you know, destroy and exterminate us at. And we just want the drive to get super far away and just go chill somewhere. And Carol's like, yeah, that seems good. From the black box recording, they had the coordinates of the, like, little space satellite that all the squirrels are hiding out on. And they mentioned that if they know where it was six years ago, it's really simple physics to figure out where it is right now. Which I'm not sure is true. That seems like it might be fairly complicated physics. I believe that it's doable. I do like the, the that it then turns to like Talos like looking over at his science guy and is like, really, dude, Re- really? <laughs> I do like that. Yeah, we've been chasing this, you know, having to get to these people so that we know this, and we could have just found it. In, you didn't think about it being in orbit? <laughs> I don't know. I think that science guy had a hard job. Yeah, yeah no, he does. <laughs> this is now that like she's turned, she's on the scroll side. This is kind of what I meant with like. They kind of did a bad job making U.S. military propaganda because, this, yes, like, obviously, oh, she's such an amazing Air Force pilot, yada, yada, yada. But the plot of this movie is that she is part of, like, this very proud warrior culture that, like, uh, glorifies battle and, like, honor on the field and all that stuff. And then she learns that they're actually, like fascists that are exterminating people and she decides to abandon them and switch sides because the people that they've labeled as terrorists are actually harmless victims. That seems like it's not a good pro-military message. Yeah, but then she turned her colors into the Air Force short, so... Right! Yeah, that does happen. Yeah, no, no, that's the bad guy's military that's bad, but her values that she learned in the Air Force are what drive her to save the Skrulls. You see, she uses her military expertise for for good stuff, like just like the U.S. Air Force. Yeah, no, it's it's not coherent. Like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, actually, if you think about it, Captain Marvel is secretly leftist. No, it just it does. Thematically, they do a bad job making a movie that sells you on wow, the U.S. military is great. Anyway. Maria wants to stay home so she doesn't die, but then Monica's like, it would be so much cooler if you went on this space mission. I would really respect you if you did that. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, you're not really setting me a good example (laughs) of doing cool space shit. Yeah, hey, mom, instead of uh, taking care of your child, why don't you go out there and be a hashtag girl boss? Yeah, uh, Monica's the one who chooses Carol's colors, the, the classic Captain Marvel colors. Yeah. Well, no, she's trying to choose. She's going through all the options, and then Carol sees her Air Force shirt, like Ashley was saying. Like, well, hey, wait a second. Why don't I just... Why don't I bathe myself in the colors of the U.S. military while I go defend these victims of military aggression? Yeah, her exact quote is, if we're playing on the same team. Yeah. Uh, Then, you know, they get to space. The Tesseract is is there. It's been there a whole time. How'd she get up here? 
don't know. What happened to it at the end of Captain America? I don't remember. Howard Stark got it back, and then S.H.I.E.L.D. was in possession of it. And then, I guess, Marvell worked with S.H.I.E.L.D., so she got custody of it. I feel like they weren't paying too close attention to this very valuable object. Yeah. Hey, I have a dumb question. So Captain Marvel's powers come from the Space Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not even addressing the part where she doesn't have space powers. She's just got laser beams. Not even touching that one. But, like... Does that imply that at some point she's just going to run out of space juice and then just be a normal person again? I, I don't see why it would. I mean, well, why would she just, like, that engine didn't have, like, infinite energy in it. It effectively did. That's kind of Tesseract's thing. Did it? Yes. Uh, also, this is even nitpickier, but, like, Nip Fury calls her in at the end of Infinity War as, like, you know, a pinch hitter against uh, Thanos, but at most she has one-sixth as much power as, fan- as Thanos. Because he's got all them dang stones. It's almost like it kind of got worked in almost backwards. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, that her actual uh, usefulness in uh, the next Avengers movie against Thanos would be uh, negligible. Limited. Yeah. She could probably do a better job than most of them. This feels so much like a phase one film right down to them not quite figuring out what the Tesseract is yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like she's going to be more effective against Thanos than like, I don't know, Bucky. But like, she's not going to win a fight. Yeah, if it's one on one. No. Um, I like the scene of Talos, everyone's quizzing him on what he can turn into. Yeah, and he, yeah. He is like somewhat proud of the, like, you know, it takes a certain t- talent and acting and... <laughs> I like that they sidestep the question of if he can turn into, like, other stuff. I'm just being like, okay, but why would I? Yeah, like, it, it's much more useful if I can talk into, turn into someone who can talk and interact with people. <laughs> There's that one scene early on where they're, like, on a beach, and he, he turns into a human woman. And then someone else turns into the same yeah. human woman's like, no, this body is mine. And they, they <laughs> right. kind of lingered on that scene a, a little bit longer than I thought they would. Someone, uh-huh. someone like that. <laughs> Okay. I don't know, it just stood out to me like that in the same vibe of Nick Fury looking at the dead Skrull's dick. It's like, someone just put in a a, a little sprinkle of horniness into this movie. (laughs) Just a dash to really bring out the flavors. Anyway, Dogbog shows up and, uh, like, him and Carol do a whole, like, shtick of trying to figure out if they're scrolls. And it turns out that Carol is a scroll because Talos was posing as Carol. It wasn't Talos, it was another scroll. Oh, right, it was the science guy. Yeah, uh, because, yeah, Talos is heading up to the space thing. Yeah. Uh, they find the Tesseract, they put it in a, f- a Happy Days lunchbox. Yes, yeah, they get up to the satellite. There's, there's, you know, it's fun stuff with them on the ship and, you know, whatever. I don't think we need to talk about it much but it's it's fine carol's still being suppressed by her little implant thing and she is eventually beaten and forced to commune with the supreme intelligence we did skip that like yeah all the kree or all the scrolls are on the ship like that's the real reason yes. they didn't actually want the tesseract that much they just want the their people back Talos right, has right. a family. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, you see, like, this more feminine-looking scroll in Talos, and, like, they hug, and it's like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you instantly know that those two are, like, that they are married, but, like, uh, with uh, Carol and Rhea, it's like going through hoops to avoid the fact. <laughs> right, yeah, the alien heterosexual relationship. You can instantly assume, okay, yeah, of course. But, yeah, the two women, it's like, oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> they're... they're <laughs> 
their friends. Uh. You know, someone was poring over the scroll concept art to make sure they they couldn't make the scrolls look gay even a little bit. They had to have well-defined <laughs> yes. dimorphism. Yes. Yes. Uh, I like how some of the scrolls wear like alien outfits, and some of them are just wearing flannel. Yeah. Uh, hey, weird how this like species that can like shapeshift into any form they want has the two gender. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, but the uh, Star Force shows up, uh, and Carol ends up getting beaten because yeah, she's got that limiter on her. Right. Uh, and also because like they're threatening all of the scroll. Yeah. 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 They're like, these are obviously children. Maybe don't kill children if you want us to think you're not bad guys. And he's like, well, well, we are bad guys, though, so... Okay, well, then I guess never mind. Um, yeah, we, she talks to the Supreme Intelligence, who is uh, Marveal, but it, it starts playing Come As You Are. Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because she's reconnected with her past, so now the, the computer brain void is a little bit less of a void. Yeah, but also, she didn't listen to Nirvana when she was in her on earth nirvana didn't exist <laughs> yeah in this space it's supposed to what? represent like the the memories that her most dearest to her she isn't has not established right. the connection to nirvana really yeah like yeah. the reason why she had a nine inch nail shirt is because it was on a mannequin that she stole it from listen the actress playing marvell gets so little to do that's any fun in this movie let her have fun in this scene where she kind of j- dances to it and is like "Ooh, that's fun <laughs> She gets to have a little bit of fun in this one scene. I'm not going to take that from her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they put a little Hannibal Lecter mask on the cat. Yes. And Samuel Jackson is very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then their scanner says, oh, he's a human so that he... They say human. They don't even say Terran. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um. So he is no threat. And he's like, well, that seems little. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more threatening than a cat. Oh. Supreme Intelligence tells Carol that, you know, we, we made you great. We made you an awesome Star Force soldier woman. Without us, you're only human. Yeah, because you suck ass without us. Look, look at this montage of every time you've eaten shit in your entire life. But Luke, she gets back up every time. Drink Pepsi. She does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say, I think devoid of anything else, I found this scene effective. The thing that kills it for me, though, is that it's the, like, 20th version of this scene that they've done, you know? Like, there is something to be like, oh, like, that her thing is that, like, like Chumbawamba said, she gets back up again. (laughs) Yeah, and we've seen all these scenes of her, yeah, again, eating shit, falling down. And then I like the, the, the reversal on this, where then it cuts back to all of them and showing her get back up. Like, it's effective. Like, I'm not gonna pretend it's not. It's just, yeah, it was also effective when you did it ten years ago in Captain America. Yes, and, like, the tinging of, like, it is of girl boss in it that, you know, we've talked about a lot yes, of. Yes, that too. It's like, nevertheless, she persisted. Right. Right. That is, like, makes it, like, even kind of harder to, like, just go, like, not roll your eyes at. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like like Crystal said, you could also just cut to a Pepsi logo at the end of this and it wouldn't feel that weird. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Pepsi did that ad of, like... A protest with all the cops and guns drawn and someone comes up and gives them a Pepsi. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And all the signs were just like, hashtag join the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up. That's, that is maybe the grimmest piece of media I've ever watched. Um, so yeah, now she's full Captain Marvel. Uh, she like steals a Tesseract and they're like, ah, fuck. 
She's got she's like glowy now. The theme of this movie, I guess, is that Carol has been like held back by the rules that have been placed on her, but now she doesn't care about the rules anymore, and she's willing to summon Solaire and Dark Souls to beat the boss. <laughs> she doesn't care about being a, an honorable gamer or whatever Yon Rog tells her. All the yeah, the forums keep saying that pyromancy is broken and you shouldn't use it if you want real credit for beating Ornstein and Smo. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I just want to get the ending. I just want the trophy. I don't care anymore. Jude Law is like, you did not grow. You did not. Improve yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you want nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he does. Ashley, you're my good friend, and I love you very much. Um, there's a whole bit where they have the Tesseract, and Fury's like, I'm not gonna fucking touch that thing. And then the cat sprouts tentacles, mouths, and eats Yeah, it. it turns out it really was a flurkin' all along, and it eats the dang Tesseract. Yeah, and Nick Fury's like, well, I'm going to pick you up very carefully now. Yeah. You are no longer my good cat friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you think happens to Goose? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up again later. I, I don't know if he does, but like if... Uh, if he fucking shows up in Endgame, I'm gonna be mad. If they have a scene where Thanos fights Goose... <laughs> Um, I, I think that, like, if they, when they do Captain Marvel 2, he'll be in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but they, uh, she takes the lunchbox and is like, I'll be a diversion. You guys just run on ahead and, uh, you know, get out of here. Get all the hostages out. Right. Uh, and then this is when we get the, I'm just a girl <laughs> scene. Uh-huh. Which, fuck, dude, I hate this so much. <laughs> I understand why it makes you mad. I will say the song was like up tempo and fun and, you know, poppy and the action was clean and readable. And I enjoyed it more like on the spectrum of Marvel action scenes. I enjoyed it. That is fair. You have been watching a lot of Marvel action scenes. I have been watching a lot of like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. Yes, if you've been watching a lot of Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, this is unremarkable. I would say this whole climax is a bit boring to watch because the whole point is that Carol is way stronger than everybody else and doesn't really need to try that hard to beat everyone. Yeah, I I also feel like they do a better version of like what this scene is trying to say a bit later on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say a better version of this movie would really hammer home more the idea that like, because it's there that like Carol is being held back and limited by other people and like their expectations and like their societal like rules and all of that. And like, no, she just needs to like buck all of that and like embrace herself and like self-factualize or whatever. And it's, it's not even in like a uh, like Incredibles almost Randian like you right. know of just the laws. It's like she is has a ability that makes her better than other people. Sure, yeah. Well, okay. Now that I'm saying it, but like, yeah, uh huh, yeah. But no, like you could. <laughs> If you honestly wanted to make the first feminist movie ever. <laughs> um, no. If you if you wanted to go that way, though, like, you could make it more about Carol, like, always having, like, yeah, that, these abilities that, like, because of the society she's in, she can't use. And, like, the climax is about her, like, saying, ah, fuck that. I'm gonna use all my superpowers, beat all the bad guys, and then go make out with my wife that I'm not allowed to talk about as my wife. Yeah, you could tie that into her relationship with Maria. It's like, but but we're both girls. Society won't allow it. And she's like, I don't care. Right. But all 
that falls apart as soon as, for instance, she decides to color herself after the United States Air Force logo. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot of these Marvel movies. I feel like they're you can see the better one in it, and it's not that far away, but it's just far enough away where you're like just frustrated. It's just far enough away that I'll bet there's like at least one good fan fiction version of this movie that's good. They uh, Samuel Jackson is now like pointing the cat at people to try to like use it like a gun uh and it doesn't work on one dude because it's actually uh the main scroll guy if i forgot the name of talos talos yeah um and so yeah like they're gonna head out and uh he's gotta shoot some dudes he doesn't like it <laughs> yeah uh carol fights with uh dog man um and i don't know then other things happen they end up going back to earth <laughs> are we skipping anything important uh ronan shows up to shoot missiles at earth but then carol pushes him back into space space and like flies through the ship to blow it up Mm -hmm. and ronan's like let's leave yeah let's not uh we kind of expected a nothing fight here because this is you know a star system that like hasn't even founded you know flight yet how do we feel about carol's look when she's got her helmet up and like all her hair is pulled out through the top to kind of look like a mohawk Eh, it's not it's not my favorite i this is yeah, like I love it. one of the superhero ones where i think it's better without a mask yeah agreed like you know that's like always a thing in these superhero movies is like they're trying all of the time to not yeah. have like the mask on the hero or make a design where that's not the case Right, right. Uh, Crystal, does Captain Marvel in the comic books have a connection to, like, the space gem? I don't believe so, no. Okay. That doesn't surprise me, because her powers, again, have nothing to do with space at all. Why are they so boring with the Infinity Stones in these movies? At least they're consistent. (laughs) Do anything cool with them! They are- they're a toy that you get to do anything with! It's like if you had a- a big box of Legos, and all you ever made were, like- Shapes. If you just made squares and triangles out of your Legos. Fucking tornado reality stone. Fuck out of here. Oh, hey, there's Ronan. He is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in, the, he's in the film. Huh, how about that? Yeah, she has a fist fight with Yon Rong. Yon Rong's like, finally, this is your chance to prove yourself. Fight me as you are. Control your emotions and prove to me that you can finally beat me. And then she shoots him with the immortal iron fist and says, I don't have to prove anything to you. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I think that... I do like that also. I yeah. think that is a good encapsulation of like what the movie is trying to do <laughs> yeah although i also it didn't really clock for me until we were talking about it earlier that yeah his thing with her is constantly you're too emotional you need to control your emotions <laughs> and she just decides that a hashtag girl boss embraces her emotions yeah like it, clearly what they're going for is, is he's just like a, a shitty dude who is trying to control her right yes and like having him turn on the ch- like try to turn on the charm like i'm so proud of you you know you did s- yeah. you're do you did so good and you're so close to doing it and now like you just have to beat me one-on-one and she's like right. you know okay i can easily do that i <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't have to, yeah, like we were saying, I, I don't have to limit myself. I could just fucking shoot you and you're dead. I will say this stuff is good. It kind of feels like it got imported from a different script where this theme was more prevalent throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, while we were talking about this, just something that popped into my head, like, it, you know what's another movie that has very, like, 101-ass feminism stuff, but, like, it works and is effective is, like, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> that almost feels like they wanted to make a PG version of that and just didn't 
at all. Yeah, like, the, the feminism in Mad Max is very basic. It's just that yeah. in every action movie, like, women usually don't get to do things. But it's also never, like, Immortan Joe is like, oh, you're too emotional, uh, and you need to, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just, no, he's just a shitty old man who clearly doesn't think of women as people, and that's, like, conveyed visually. He doesn't have to just say we're doing feminism now in this movie. Uh, it's almost like George Miller is good at writing and making movies. <laughs> almost! <laughs> Uh, I did recently, like, watch the first Mad Max because I'd never seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, that movie does have a lot of rape in it, so, like, I was like... Yeah. Maybe, you know, he he has obviously gotten better, and, like, maybe some of that was like, well... <laughs> right. Well, and again, the idea of Fury Road is, like, the ultimate feminist film is meh, maybe a little bit overblown, just a touch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, effective at what it's doing. Yes. Um, he, uh, Carol sends Jude Law back to the creep place saying, like, you know, I'm sending you them a message that I'm gonna come up and fuck all their shit up. Uh, Samuel Jackson is, like, holding the cat and is like, oh, you got a bunch of guys in you. <laughs> uh, and then he gets scratched and that is the... That's the origin for why he's got that eye patch. As he said earlier in another movie that I forgot which one, it's the, you know, his, his, like, oh, the last time I trusted someone, I got this eye patch. Yep, he said that in Cap 2. Yep. Okay, I didn't like this scene. I was like, I was not asking for a, for a Nick Fury eyepatch origin. But the fact that he's still bitter about being betrayed by a cat decades later well, completely wins me over on it. Yeah, see, they even foreshadow us as he's picking up Goose after seeing the tentacles. He's like... Okay, I'm choosing to trust you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, obviously, when they wrote that first line, it was supposed to be like a cool, like, badass, like, oh, I got history. Right. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning it into, I got scratched <laughs> by an alien cat, and like, I was like, just fucking you. Because I annoyed it by being too affectionate to it. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't need this still. Uh, the thing I really don't need is coming up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, happy ending. Ronan goes away, I guess. Not that happy for Maria and Monica. No, yeah, like, cause <laughs> they're, like, you can obviously tell that, like, when Carol it says that she is going to leave to help the Kree, like, which, or the scroll, which is, like, a good thing. She's right. bummed. Like, oh, I just got my very good friend back. I've got a question. What have Marie and Monica got going on? Why don't they just come to space with her? They can just hang out in space. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I guess, but also, you know, they, they have to just have Captain Marvel alone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, oh, it, it would raise too many questions if they went also. <laughs> I'm just saying we are given no indication that Maria has any life outside of her daughter and pining for her very good friend who died and she's just sad about losing a friend. And fixing her plane. Right. She can fix planes in space. When the science guy said, like, oh, I can modify your vehicle to make it good for space, I knew that he meant yes. the, uh, like, you know, the Quinjet prototype, yeah, yeah. but it'd be very funny if it meant the bike, like, the... <laughs> Like the little tiny yeah. airplane. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, you, Samuel Jackson and uh, Carol are cleaning uh, dishes. He keep, Fury keeps talking about how his eyes fine. It's getting better all the time. Uh, right, and it cuts to Taylor's who like just looks at Carol's like, oh. <laughs> which is a callback because when they went to space, like Fury was like, oh, this is just normal space turbulence. And Carol's like, yep. And he's just like, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I like him as a comedic 
character in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this is when we get Marvel because Fury keeps on mispronouncing Marvel as Marvel. Right. And he's like, well, Marvel's better. So, you know, all their heroes are so more, much more like human based, not like DC. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Avengers Endgame has the greatest cinematography of all time. <laughs> I I like the way that Fury like closely inspects his dishes as he's watching them. That was just funny to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh she take uh Carol takes the leather jacket that Rian Monica was keeping safe that like I, right. I felt like she should have just given it to her. <laughs> just give the kid the jacket. And you could do like a whole thing because earlier she said like you know you keep that like you know keep it safe for me for when I come back. She should just been keep it safe for me when I come back. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She's not gonna come back for twenty three years. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were expecting like oh she'll be back in a year or two. Surely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This won't take that long. They have phones in space. We know she can hack a phone to talk to space. Yeah, in the move, in like the comic books, uh, the daughter Monica is like a Captain Marvel offshoot. I see. Like she was Captain Marvel for a period of time, and now is like her own superhero. Well, I got a feeling that, like, given another fifteen years, when Brie Larson doesn't want to do this anymore, if that actor still wants to be in these movies, she will be Captain Marvel. Oh, she is Captain Marvel in WandaVision. All right, then. Yeah, I figured that they would just hire a new actress or whatever. I think they will do that if they have to, but I think they would fucking love it if they could just keep the kid actors that become, like, legacy heroes in the comics in the movies forever. Yeah. Um, like, we were talking about this last week with, like, the uh, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, like, becomes stature in the comics. And, like, oh, that's going to happen if this sticks around another ten years. Yeah, they, re- they recast her for Ant-Man 3. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. Nick Fury gets a whole shipment of, like, glass eyes, because, like, hey, buddy. I like Coulson's speech about, like, is it true, sir? Is it true you were tortured by the Kree, and they cut out your eye because you refused to give up the Tesseract? Yeah. And Nick Fury was like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, And, yeah, like, they're like, oh, he's down and found the Tesseract, and he just, like, looks over at Goose, and he's like, well, we'll get it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, yeah, like, he's like, oh, we need more heroes. He's writing up a draft for the Protector Initiative. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh-huh. It's so bad. And then he looks over at a photo of uh, Carol and her plane. And, you know, on the side of her plane is her call sign, Adventure. Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day. It was people talking about Marvel movies. And someone was, like, giving a list of, like, okay, if you don't want to watch all of them, like, these are, like, the really important ones to watch for Endgame. And it left Captain Marvel off because it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) And someone responded to it with, well, no, I think Captain Marvel's really essential because otherwise you won't know why they're called the Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) But wait. I thought Captain America was the first Avenger. Well, he was the first Avenger, but what what is an event like he wasn't an Avenger or whatever. He's just technically the first member of the Avengers. Yeah. She she didn't do the paperwork to fill out the <laughs> Right. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. They don't even show it. They they. It's a shot of him typing, deleting Protector, and writing Avenger, but then they don't show it because they don't like to show it for some reason. <laughs> like how much that annoys you. But you, like, you remember in Avengers 2 when Cap said Avengers Assemble and they cut it? Yeah, that's the example I was thinking. 
think of how mad you got that they cut him off when he's saying Avengers what, what's Assemble. The, what's the purpose of that? I thought they'd cut to a title card of Avengers. <laughs> he was like, Avengers? And he, like, he breathes in to say Assemble, and then it cuts to credits. Okay. I, I remember I uh, a video store I go to, they have, one of the DVDs they have is like the European version of Avengers. It's just got a different name. Yeah. Because they have something called the Avengers already over there. <laughs> right, right, right. That's why it's always Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> well, they called it Avengers Assemble. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was, like, talking to, like, someone. I was like, well, like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, well, that's just what the, that's just the European DVD. And, like, I'm explaining to her. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And, like, oh, do you work here? I'm like, no, I just, I'm just a broken human being. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline for Avengers 1 was, some assembly required. Yeah, yeah it, it was. I, I think anytime there's, like, a big catchphrase in a media franchise, they always feel like, I always feel like the, either the writers or the director, like, is like, you're not gonna fucking tell me what to have a character say. Fuck you. Well, yeah, like it's it's the thing where all of these superhero movies and comic book movies and cartoon movies are always ashamed of where they came from, basically. Right. It's like in the Hulk movie when he won't. He doesn't say you're making. He says you're making me angry in Spanish, and then he also fucks up the Spanish, so he says you're making me hungry. Yes. Um. Or it's like whenever they show like something that looks like the comic book suit, and they go like, "Well, that looks stupid." Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shout-outs to... <laughs> a rare shout-out to Christopher Nolan, because he does have Batman say, I'm Batman. He does. <laughs> Which is maybe the best catchphrase of any fictional character. He just says his name. <laughs> I guess the reason they do this is... So in Avengers 4, when Captain America is gathering, like, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy <laughs> Pelosi and all of them, he can say Avengers Assemble for the first time, and it's even more epic and badass. Ashley, what's your grade for this film? Um, I'll give it like a C plus. I, I was talking with a friend of the show, uh, Zoe, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is like, to me, a like, I like this movie more than like, it seems some people do, but that is still like a C plus movie to me. Oh, Luke, how about you? I was going to be in a charitable mood and say, like, B minus C plus, but I'm looking at the other B minus movies on here, and it's not as good as them. Uh, uh yeah, it's. It's it's in like that B. I'll give it a C plus. Also, I think I will also give it a C plus. It's just a smidge better than Ant Man two. I would say it's just a smidge better than Ant Man one. Questions? You can send questions to mcucompleteme at gmail dot com. Ant Man two question for Monica. Did the mid credit scene ruin the movie? No, it's dumb. But whatever. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> There's a mid credit scene on this one, but it does not matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. It's yeah, it's just, it's just, It may as well have just been a trailer for Endgame. Yeah, it's a scene from Endgame where Carol shows up, and you know it's leading to expect that she'll be very important to the movie, but she's right. not. Yeah, now the thing about the. They just cannot get me with any time they're like, oh, fuck, everyone got obliterated by that. Like, no, they didn't. They're coming back. I don't know how or why, but I know they are. And, like, I'm just not going to get upset when you show me people dissolving into dust because I know it's a dumb fucking gimmick to try and, like, manipulate me. And it's not going to work. Mallory asks, is there as much romantic tension between Scott and his ex's boyfriend as I remember there being? Or did I just pretend that yes! there was with my friend several years ago? No, again, Scott, his ex-wife, and her new boyfriend are a polycule. Why are people so good at accidentally writing gays? <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't answer this one. Ash, do you have any thoughts? Um... I feel like it's just, like, they write a lot of uh, friendship stuff and a lot of, like, 
using Carol and Monica as like a or Maria as like an example. Like the some of the people who like kind of like started that whole like relationship have said like, oh yeah, we were trying to make it romantic, but we couldn't at the time, and so they just wrote it as like this extremely close friendship. Right. And then people just use those tropes to, t- to write extremely close friends, and because we have like a lot of people have been like conditioned to like see those tropes as like like oh wink wink this is supposed to be gay but we can't (laughs) right right we just interpret it even if the writer did not uh, intend for it to be seen as gay yeah i think the first person i heard this idea from was like our friend julie who pointed out that like in a lot of shonen anime those shows tend to be very sexist in that there are like no female characters and the ones who are there get basically no personality So all of the interesting, like, character work and relationship building is between male characters. So even though it's not meant to be, uh, queer, it just comes across as queer because that's the only people that they have these deep, meaningful relationships with. Like, Goku and Vegeta love each other more deeply than they love their wives, you know? (laughs) Just because they get more space to develop their relationship in the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and that also has always been, like, the argument of why is there more, uh, like, fanfic and fan art and just fan content around, like, gay male characters than, like, gay female or non-binary characters. Yeah. Because there are just more stories that are about men interacting with men. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in this movie, like, uh, Maria, as far as I know, has no relationships in her life other than Carol. Yes. So it becomes a situation where... I, I, I kind of have to believe that they're basically married, even if it is platonic, because I don't know how this person exists except in relationship to this other person. It feels to me like when someone is intentionally writing a romance, they it feels like they feel like they can only work within certain tropes. Whereas within a close friendship, there's just, like, more room to express feelings somehow. Yeah, yeah, Mm, that's true. That's a good point. So you can have a character say, in plain words, how much you, like, love and respect Carol that you couldn't have, like, her boyfriend say, I guess? Right. Yeah. But also, it it is so much in this movie, and the, especially with how much they were trying to pivot, like, present it as, oh, this is such a progressive feminist movie. It would not surprise me if there was an earlier draft of this movie where they were just dating, and it got eventually, like, shut down or, or moved away from or whatever. It's just so close to being explicit in this one. Yeah, and, like, I think part of it is that, um, like... It is inherent in, like, the creation of this character relationship. Yeah, again, you change two lines and add about one second of footage to the movie, and there would be no question about whether they're dating. And, like I was saying earlier, like, if this was a man and a woman, there would be no question about them dating, just because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even someone like me who's, like, so obsessed with uh, girls kissing... Right, right. Um, I have just, we have all just been raised to recognize certain things of, oh, well, that's a romance. Like that, if it's a man and a woman. Absolutely. Or a male alien and a female alien. (laughs) Zach asks, why does Captain Marvel feel so much grosser and more jingoistic than a guy literally called Captain America? I don't know that it does. Yeah, it, like, it doesn't, it feels... Less gross than, like, Winter Soldier. Because Captain America has, like, so much written about him about how he actually represents the best of America, blah, 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 while no one knows who Captain Marvel is. Yes. Right, yeah. And also, 
Captain America is all set in World War II times when, you know, but people think about it as like a more idealistic and like, oh, we were the good guys back then. It's where the, even all with all the shit that America did and people like to just kind of pass over the whole Hiroshima and Nagasaki stuff. Right. The, the the villain we like to talk about the most, Germany, was so yeah. monstrous that right. it absolves us of any sins. Exactly, exactly. Especially any sins involving to, like, you know, giving the Nazis a bunch of good ideas for how to do bad things. Yes, or just moving some of those Nazis over to our side. Yeah, you know, that's what Winter Soldier's about. Yes, America's World War II propaganda has been extremely effective. Yes. Ty asks, this movie has aliens in it. How do you think MCU aliens compare to other franchises with aliens? What are your favorite shapeshifter stories? I'm trying to think. Because I think the aliens, for the most... They're just humans. I think a lot of the aliens in these movies are boring. A lot of them are like Star Trek aliens. Yeah, they're just humans that are blue or whatever. I think it's kind of fun in the Guardians movies. They're not any less just humans, but I don't know. They're goofy in a way that I enjoy. And you get so many, like, different versions of it. Like, the best parts of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies almost feel like, instead of the MCU, they're in, like, a weird part of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. And it doesn't hit that level all the time, but, like, when you have, like, the golden lady with her servants that roll a red carpet anywhere she walks, that's delightful. Yes. Like, that, to me, is, like, the dude who has, like, a a whole religion about sneezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, what are your favorite shapeshifters? I, I like, it's not an alien, but I like uh, Mystique in the X-Men movies. Sure, sure. I immediately forget every shapeshifter fiction I've ever read. Yeah, I can't think of a single I, I, one. I've I looked up shapeshifter movie uh-huh. uh, to kind of get at some ideas. And yeah, it's a lot of mystique, but also spirited away. And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there is shapeshifting happening. Uh, Palm Poco. That's, that's some good shapeshifting. Uh, the Thing, obviously. The... <sighs> Crystal, does the changeling actually shapeshift at all in Pathologic? I don't think she does. No, I don't think she does. She just kind of, just every time you see her, she has like a different personality. Yeah, the changeling. Pathologic, great game. Play that game. Great game. I For a second, I thought you were talking about the movie, The Changeling. <laughs> or, uh, or the movie Changeling. <laughs> Both of which don't really have a lot to do uh, with shapeshifting. <laughs> Uh, last question from Turtle Ant. Favorite alien pet character? Um, trying to think. I'm, I am struggling to think of any. Yeah, I, I really don't know. <laughs> just a fun little alien pet. Cactus Jack from Eidolon Playtest. <laughs> there you go, done. Yeah. That's it, that's our show, that's our podcast. Ashley, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, you can find me, uh... At uh, your alien brain with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, and you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Uh, and you get the, uh, early episodes of podcasts like uh, Totally Reprise, which I do with Luke, uh, yeah. which is currently covering Common uh, Writer Forze. Um, and that's kind of really the only podcast I do at the moment. All the other ones we've kind of put on hiatus accidentally. Anyway, yeah, uh, Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows that I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as Totally Reprise, as previously mentioned, uh, and also Eidolon Playtest. It's an actual play podcast. 
I GM two different campaigns that release episodes in alternating weeks in order to playtest Eidolon Become Your Best Self, a uh, game that me and my friend Molly wrote together. It's based on Persona and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We are gearing up for the finale. It is going to be a good time. It's, it is a show I'm honestly very proud of, and it is well worth going back and listening to it. You can find me at Arcane Crystal. Yeah, you can find me on the Book of Medora podcast, talk about the Zelda games. Uh, would you like to close off with a Captain Marvel joke? Yes, please, of course. What is Captain Marvel's favorite cheese? I I don't know. What's oh, I do know. Is it is it Brie? It's Brie. Would, would, would you say that I committed larceny on your punchline by by doing it before you... Yeah, if she got caught stealing soft French cheese, it would be Brie Larceny, says upchoke.com slash Captain Marvel jokes. Great. We have to talk about Endgame next time. Yeah, next time is Endgame. Look out for that uh, four-hour podcast. I'm so fucking happy I did not watch Endgame. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. You gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger You gotta be cool, you gotta be calm You gotta stay together All I know, all I know, love will save the day Herald what your mother said Read the books your father read Trying to solve the puzzles in your own sweet time Some may have more cash than you Others take a different view You gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger